Financial investments are very important, but so are the investments of time, patience, and encouragement our young athletes receive from their coaches, teachers, and mentors. Edward Jones Financial Advisors Todd Nash in Coralville, Travis Whitmore in North Liberty, and Jeff Rudolph, Kelly Barta, Adela Hunter, and Scott McGill in Iowa City understand this. For all of your investment needs, visit edwardjones.com or call and stop by an office. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Welcome back to the Seven Nation podcast here on yourprepsports.com. I am Rob Howe, uh, not wearing a mitt hat this week. Got my hair cut finally for the first time <laughs> since November. So um, I'm sure people that have to look at my face are happy to see I cleaned it up a little bit. Did not shave the beard, though. That's not going anywhere until at least the end of winter. And uh, as Ryan and I, Ryan Merkin, I'm joined by Ryan Merkin from yourprepsports.com, as always. If you didn't know his face or you didn't recognize his voice is coming up, uh, we're, we're, we talked before we started recording about being teased here by the weather this week, the well being in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, that we're going to get hit with a snowstorm at some t- point in March. And uh, the good thing is, Ryan, it's not during the girls' state basketball tournament, which can frequently happen. Yeah, I'm always – I don't care when these tournaments are. I'm still a little bit nervous. I, it's snowed on me multiple times since I've done this in seven years. Um, a couple of years at, Bo- or at Boys, I remember it's snowed on me. But I see it's supposed to be in the 60s um, a week from today – or a week from, you know, next Monday and Tuesday. And I told Rob, you realize there's one more – there's one more snow storm coming. I don't even know if I'd say storm, but it will snow again. I'm so – I told my kids, I'm like, don't get too excited about it being super warm out. Like, it's coming. You got one more to get through. There always is. Yes. Hopefully it's – we've had enough. So hopefully whatever it is is not too overwhelming. We don't need any of that. But uh, smooth sailing yesterday, Ryan, down to the, the state tournament. And we'll get to the girls' action here in a bit. But I uh, wanted to hit on the boys' basketball situation first. Um, hit on a couple teams whose season ended in the last several days, and then uh, we'll hit over to Liberty Boys, where uh, we will be this evening. We were recording this on uh, Tuesday, March the 2nd, at uh, about 11.30-ish a.m., and uh, this evening, 7 p.m. Central Time, you and I will be in Bettendorf for uh, Pleasant Valley and Liberty, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but first, we'll go chronologically here. Uh, really, you were up at Makokota on a Saturday night. Really tough end for West Branch um, against uh, against Beckman. Um, really two evenly matched teams. I watched the stream, enjoyed the, the, the guys that called that game on the Makokota Sports Network. <laughs> I need to go up there to go to the fish farm. I think that's the <laughs> restaurant. They have fresh fish. They have all you can eat, I think, on Fridays, which is really yeah. – that is definitely – uh, tempting. Yeah, the, I, I've heard from multiple people that watch that streams that the, the places that advertise on there are really getting their money's worth for 
the commercials on that Makoka Sports Network. But the fish no. farm, there's a car dealership, and then a bowling alley. <laughs> those are the people that came forward with support. And and you know this as a local business, those people are important. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, we were we were talking about because Rob and several other people that I know they were watching the stream that text me, and they were like, you know, these commercials are great. And but it's like, yeah, I mean. And I think a lot of places that have done streams this year, have, Rob, have, have had people step up, even our local schools, you know, that have stepped up and, and you know, helped them be able to put those on, which is awesome because in this year with most of these, you know, for most of the season, um, you know, attendance being restricted and things, the number of places that have found a way to stream these, and, and truthfully, Rob and I talked about this, a lot of them do a really good job with it. Yeah. You know, I mean, the stream's really quality. Um, yeah, there was a stream. One of the radio stations did a live stream yesterday for the Solon game that I watched. That was really well done, uh, you know. And then and then had their radio call on that, and they did a really good job. And so kudos to a lot of these people for not only doing it, but then the places that have stepped up and backed it, either through advertising or donations or however they've done it, because that's a real service. You know, even as we move out of the pandemic, you know, and and come out on the other side of that, there's a lot of people that can't get to these games always, you know. So sure. in other states and grandparents and relatives and stuff, so. Very cool. I, I enjoy I was able to watch several streams all the way back to football and some places did a really good job with that. So like Rob said, kudos to the places that stepped up and supported it too. And and Rob's probably gonna come visit. He's probably gonna go bowling in Makoka at some point and, and eat some fish. So Get that the fish advertising works. All I can eat. They'll they'll be sorry they have that special when, <laughs> I, show, when I roll up there. <laughs> um no get, getting back to that game. The, Rob, we talked about it ahead of time, um, you know, last week. And then Jeff Yoder shot that for us and did photos. And I talked to Jeff on the way up there. We rode together. And I really thought this was one of – I thought of all the games we had uh, with area teams in, in sub-state finals that we had a lot of really evenly matched games. And you, you feel like that sometimes and it doesn't play out that way. But doing previews and looking at everything on paper, um, you know, and, and – and knowing these teams and having seen them a little bit, I thought these were two really evenly matched teams. And this was one of the best high school basketball games I've seen in a long time. Um, you know, you, when you look at it, uh, and, and I say that not just close, it was incredibly close. Um, I don't, I think the biggest lead for either team was Beckman was ahead by six with 7.4 seconds left. But, you know, until that, until the final 15 seconds, neither team was ahead by more than four. And it, it did go back and forth. You know, Beckham was up by one at the end of the first quarter, up by one at halftime. West Branch was up by three at the end of the third quarter. So it wasn't, you know, it went back and forth. It had every element of what you're looking for in a really good game, you know, except for if you're a West Branch fan, the way it Beckham. ended. Um, yeah, but it was, it was a great game. And then it wasn't one of those games that was just close, but wasn't well played. Um, you know, by my count, and I haven't seen, like, you know, what these teams put on – on quick stats to become the official stats. But, you know, West Branch had, I think, they ended up with 18 turnovers. That's an overtime game. You know, Beckman had 14. You know, West Branch shot 56%. Beckman shot almost 50%. They were 16 of 34. So it's like, you know, West Branch was 8 of 11 on free throws. Beckman's 20 of 23. That ended up being kind of the difference. They were 10 of 10 um, in overtime. But just a really well-played game. Uh, West Branch played a lot of zone in the first half. Uh, it was 20, 22-21 at halftime. West Branch played a lot of zone. You know, it was kind of controlled the tempo of the game a little bit. 
Um, Beckman's pretty deliberate on offense. They really pressured the ball defensively, which led to some some long possessions. It's hard to get an early shot against a team that really pressures the ball. Both teams had to work offensively. It was just a really, really good game, Rob. And like you said, a tough way for West Branch to end it when you've had as good of a season as they've had. Um, strangely, I told Jeff on the way home, there was three different times in that game when I felt like in my gut that West Branch, I don't want to say had it won, but but was going to win. And in this game, they, they went up 38-34 with just under six minutes left, 5.53 left by on, on my stat sheet. And you, like you really, I know people say this about games sometimes, you really did feel like at four points with, with five and a half, with six minutes left, that it was almost an insurmountable lead. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you, you know, we've played at that point, what, what would that be, eight, 20, 26 minutes? And the teams have 38 and 34 points. You're, you're, all, you're like, you're, they're scoring about a, a little more than a point a minute. And you're like, four points with five minutes left. It's almost like they're not going to be able to make up that deficit. And then they hit a three on the next possession. And, and even, even so, you know, West Branch got a basket and was up 40 to 37 with about five minutes left. And there was just multiple times where I thought they had it. A three or four point lead seems so big. Um, and, and, and they couldn't hold on. And I say, I say couldn't hold on. It's not like they, you know, did anything to, to blow the game or anything like that. Like, yeah, they made plays. Um, you know, a big thing is um, Patty Gallagher is a really good player for them. And, and he took a shot on the opening possession, took a three, got his second foul with about five and a half minutes left in the first quarter. And they sat him the whole rest of the half, which is, you know, that's a, that we could have a whole podcast on that, you know, and bring coaches on. And what do you do? Uh, like I, I've mentioned this on the pod before my brother coaches and he had two of his big guys with two fouls late in the semifinals of their conference tournament that I was watching Saturday and sat them both for the last, you know, five minutes of the first half and, and the other team ended on a, ended on a big run, you know? So it's like, it's, it's a tough thing. You know, Iowa had it earlier with Garza in the game, you know, that was well-documented and, but they sat him. So he has zero in the first half. He has two after three quarters and then he gets 18 in the fourth quarter in overtime. You know, so yeah. you kind of say, hey, if he plays, you know, if he even gets – he averages about 16, I think. If he even gets four or five in the first half, you know, maybe they're up by six or seven. I'm sure if you're a Beckman fan, you say that, you know. Um, if you're a West Branch fan, you say, hey, you know, we were up – we were up, you know, whatever it was. We were up five late in the game. We, they, you know, uh, West Branch scored first in overtime, so they're up by two with about two and a half minutes left to go. Um, just a really, really good game, Rob. Um, we could break it down from every angle. Jeff Bowie was great in his last game. He had 22 points, 8 of 12 from the field. And, and Simon Palmer, you know, who kind of get got overlooked a little bit sometimes by just how good Jeff Bowie was on the year. Simon had maybe the best game I've ever seen him play. Uh, 16 points, hit a couple threes, a couple really big threes, hit a three with 23 seconds left in overtime when the lead had gotten up to five. Um, and got it down, gave him a chance again. Um, hit a three with it, like I said, with 23 seconds left. He was really good, 16 and six. Um, Gallagher was great late um, for Beckman. So, ex- like, truthfully, I've, I've done this long enough. And, and as a fan, you know, growing up and everything, it's like you go to a sub state final. I don't care if you get the, a draw where you know it's going to be a really good game, something like, like when Solon's draw came out, you point right away to the final. Hey, here's two teams that are. You know, 22 and 0 or 22 and 2 or whatever or if it's a game where 
you think you got a great draw and you get there and you have a team that's like 500. I don't care. You get to a sub-state final in this state, the teams are so good. I mean, you get down to the final 16 teams, and I was just scrolling through the brackets um, for 3A finals because I've been so busy with boys and girls combo that I hadn't looked at, you know, all the sub-state finals from all over the state. And, man, there's, there's some of those games um, that I thought would be lopsided, and this is to my point. And, you know, an example is Pella and Grinnell in the, in the sub-state that um, Clear Creek was in. I, on paper, you say, hey, you know, Pella probably gets them pretty good. Mm-hmm. That's a really good game. I think that was a couple points with under a couple minutes to play. You get to these sub-state finals. I've said it on here for a long time, Rob. I think these games are harder than the games at state for some teams, you know, when they feel like they should win. Um, the pressure of just getting to state sometimes. And, and every, you know, most teams, there are a handful of teams each year that their goal is to win a state championship. You know, a team like maybe Waukee this year or a team right. like Cedar Falls this year. For majority of the teams, even the really good teams, the, the real emphasis for, for kids is to get to the state tournament. They want to play at Wells Fargo Arena. They certainly want to win when they get there. But you know this. I mean, you're around kids. Like, the celebration, you know, to make it in these games to go to state, like, that's such – and then it extends your season for another week, you know, and, and you get everything that comes with going to state, the buildup. And so I think these games are tough. And, you know, it was everything that you would want a sub-state final to be. It really was. It was a really good atmosphere. It was a really good game. You know, unfortunately, West Branch, you know, didn't pull it out because they had such a good year. And that that's the hardest thing is not just that they had a good record and they won a bunch of games, but talking to Jason Kern throughout the year, who did a heck of a job with that team, obviously, but talking to him throughout the year and then talking to some of the players throughout the year and then after the game on Saturday, they all mentioned, you know, Jeff Bowie said this, you know, a guy that's plays football at an extremely high level, played in a lot of playoff football games in his career, is going to play Division One football. And he said after the game, this is the most fun he's ever had playing, you know, playing sports in high school, just this team. They were really unselfish. They had really good senior leaders, you know, Jeff Bowie and Simon Palmer and Gavin Hirschman. Um, they had a bunch of good senior leaders. They were fun to watch. I think they played a fun style that they enjoyed. Um, and, and they just had – they have really good kids that, that got along, you know, and kind of played their roles and were really unselfish. And Jason Kern mentioned that a lot. And those are the teams that are fun to watch and, and fun to root for. So an incredible season for them. Um, and, and the way he coaches and what he does, as long as he's at West Branch, uh, they're going to have a really good team and a really good program, Rob, because he, he just does – he does an excellent job. I mean, that was, that was two really well-coached teams too, which made it fun to watch. Um, you know, both those teams are – are extremely fundamental and they, they play the game the way that you want to see teams play the game. So that was a fun one uh, with, a, with a tough ending. Another tough ending last night, Ryan, back up in Maquoketa. We had uh, Doug Miles up there for that, um, for that contest. Um, Solon boys kind of dug themselves a hole there. Uh, and, and I don't think they dug themselves a hole. Monticello was just really, really efficient. Um, watched a little bit of that game on the stream. I know you watched it as well. Um, Tough loss for the Solon boys, but I, I think you kind of we've talked about taking that next step as a program. Seemed like they did that, and then last night they could have just kind of wilted when they got behind, but they didn't. They kept playing until the end, and uh, could leave their with their heads held high. I think. Yeah, it, first of all, Bacocca has an awesome facility. If you if you haven't, been, it's like a. It's, I think I've said this before. It's like a mini arena. Anybody that watched the stream or went to. Williamsburg, it's a lot like Williamsburg's gym. But I don't need Makoka to become the official, like, sub-state 
final location for all of our teams. I, I don't need to drive to Makoka all the time, Rob. I just want to put that out did there. Did you not go to the fish farm? I, <laughs> I didn't. Maybe, See, well, so if maybe I, that, maybe if you went there, maybe you would be, be more open to more trips to Makoka. You know what's actually funny about that is you know how I am. If I would have known about that, I probably would have left early on Saturday and, and tried. If I can incorporate something like that into what I'm doing, I absolutely will. So if I have a sub-state semi on a Saturday again, I probably will do that. Like the fish is fresh. I'll make my kids I mean, go. It's fresh fish. I'll make my oh, kids go because then, then they'll complain. Because I already <laughs> told them on the way there, I drove through uh, Wyoming, Iowa, which if anybody goes that way, you know where that's at. Or it's not that far away, but. My dad drove me to Wyoming on Christmas Eve or our whole family one time when we were kids because it's the, to see the Christmas lights there. It's like the Christmas city. And we were all just like, we want to, we want to open presents. So I like to do stuff like that to my kids to just like make them, you know, make them complain from the backseat. So it's like, where are we going? This is so far away. Why do we have to go here? I don't like fish. So yeah, I think I'll make them do that. You, yeah. tor- you torture you you were tortured so you pass that along to torture Absolutely. them and then they can torture their kids absolutely no you're right right i mean i watched that on the stream and it's it's kind of again another game and it's it in a way it was interesting because you had you know west branch playing a womack team west branch being a river valley team and then solon playing a river valley team being a womack team so you know Rob and I talked about this yesterday. You're, you're kind of comparing scores a little bit and seeing what you can do and those types of things. But another game that I thought was really, really even on paper, um, and we'll talk about the Liberty game. It's like I see that one being similar as well. But the biggest thing is I've seen Monticello in the past. You know, they're, they're, they have really good coach. Coach Lambert does a really good job with them. I've seen them, you know, for multiple years being in the, being in the um, RBC. And they have probably – you know, probably a better, maybe a more talented group this year than what they've had in some of those years. But in a lot of ways, they just look like the same Monticello team that I've watched for a long time because they, again, they're really well coached. They're really deliberate on offense. And, and that you, you hear that in this day and age, and it sounds like a negative. It's not at all. And they do a good job of finding the matchup they want, um, you know, isolating the guy they want, doing those types of things on offense. And then they have a couple guys that are a real handful. Um, Reeker is a real handful. He's six six and can put the ball on the floor, and and they just have a couple guys that are really good going to the basket. Ty Kehoe was really good last night, but what I was going to say is the the thing that you can't do, and I'm sure Jared Galpin, you don't talk to your team about this necessarily, but as a coach, the thing you know because Jared's coached against them for years in the RBC, he obviously knows them well. The thing that you just don't want to do against a Monticello team or a Beckman team, and it's funny because all these teams are fairly similar, Rob, and, and it's no secret. I guess I, I should say that there's a parallel that goes here too. Monticello, Dyersville Beckman, Pleasant Valley. They are all towards the top of their class, 2A, 3A, 4A, in, in, in being really good defensively. In scoring average against, they're really high. But, but if you know basketball in this area, you know, Pleasant Valley all the way back to they were back-to-back state tournament team in 2015, 2016. They haven't changed. They've been really good at – Playing defense. I mean, that's what they hang their hat on. You know, yeah. similar to West High, they played West High in a sub-state final last year. All these teams have been really good defensively for a long time. You know, had the same coaches, or in Beckman's case, a coach, an assistant that took over for a head coach at his alma mater that was there for a long time. It's the same system. It's kids that do things the same way, and they're and and they stress defense, and they're all really good defensively, and they're all in sub-state finals, right? 
and West Branch is becoming that way. Solon was really good defensively this year. We talked about that a lot. Uh, Liberty has improved. They were played their best defensive game, I thought, um, on Friday against Davenport North. But stick with Monticello. The thing you don't want to do against a team like that is get behind. And Solon actually took a lead with about 30 seconds left in the first quarter. Monticello hit a three They're at the end of the quarter. They're up by a couple. And then the second quarter, they just kind of did what they did where they really squeezed Solon defensively. They pressure you. You know, they, a couple turnovers, a couple bad shots. I think Solon only had, you know, four field goal attempts in the second quarter. And Mono, Monticello outscored him something like 13 to one. And, and there you go. You know what I mean? So all of a sudden it's 22 to eight at halftime. And, a, you know, Solon's a good enough offensive team to overcome that. But when you get when you have a team that plays defensively the way that Monticello does on you for for the whole game, number one, you know, fourteen point lead feels like twenty four, and then it just kind of wears on you, Rob. Mm-hmm. And and you and then you know you have to be you you start feeling like you have to score on every possession. And you know, re, if you read our story, I thought Jared Galpin had a really good quote just from watching the stream because I I got this same sense too as I'm sitting there going. Solon is good enough. They have enough shot makers. They're good enough on offense that they can get back in this game. And he, you know, his quote, and, and again, read Doug Miles' story. He did a really good story. But Jared's quote, I thought, was really telling. It was something to the effect of, you know, we, we got behind a little bit and we tried to get it all back at once. And that's kind of the way I felt, you know, I mean, watching it is they got – Monticello took them out a little bit of what they wanted to do, which is, which is exactly what they do. I mean, it's, you know, it's – they were able to really follow their formula, I thought. And – and hats off to them. I mean, that's a team that was the 2A state tournament team last year, goes up a class. And, you know, I mean, if you know geography in the state, you know, Monticello playing the same class, you know, as, you know, Davenport Assumption if they win tonight or, or a Cedar Rapids Xavier or some of these other 3A teams. I mean, I mean, kudos to them. I mean, they have a really good team. Like I said, they're really well coached. And then just an interesting fact, um, I was stealing this from Jeff Johnson from the Cedar Rapids Gazette. Um, I know he noted this on Twitter, um, and JJ does a really good job of covering high school sports, but I, I, I kind of noticed this on the stream. I was working on other stuff, working on my girls' basketball stuff, but as I was watching, it was probably the middle of the third quarter, and I'm like, man, I, have they subbed? Like, I, I did think it, and, and, you know, again, I'm taking this from JJ, but they didn't. Monticello did not sub, played the same five kids the entire 32 minutes, wow. um, which is, again, in, in – to be able to do that and play the way they do, I mean, I'm not, you know, this isn't a podcast for me to get on here and, you know, we don't, we don't cover Monticello, but I was really impressed by them. So if you're a Solon fan, you know, a great, like Rob said, a great season, not just, I mean, you think about where they were at a year ago, they won seven games this year. They won a ton of close games. We wrote about that during the year. I think they really grew up this program. I can't say enough about the job that Jared Gallup and, and his entire staff did. Um, and then they just had a bunch of guys step up and, and improve their games and, and, you know, kind of take it to the next, take it to the next level. And they lose a lot from this team. Carson Shive had an incredible year, a guy that's probably about a you know, 30% career three point shooter that shoots almost 50% from three, you know, really improved his game. Ben Cusick had by far the best year of his career. He became a really good player in the paint for them and, and really kind of a warrior uh, playing the four. But I really like, you know, Solon's a team that when you look at them on paper, you're going to say next year, when we get to, when we're doing this podcast to preview basketball next year, we're going to be like, whoa, they don't bring back very much. I mean, they lose about five of their top seven guys. 
Um, those guys I mentioned, Cusick and David Bluter is our leading scorer, and he had a great year. Um, and so you lose the, you you lose those two, and you lose Carson Shive, who had a really good year, and you lose Will Noonan, who kind of became a stalwart for them at point guard, and you lose Bo Jansen, who was good for them off the bench, and, and Drew Turner, who played some minutes in the post. But I really they they bring back a, a center in Kinnick Kuziaska, who's you know a, a second team All Womack guy, you know one of the better centers in the league, and you bring back a point guard in Jake Quillen that that you know showed some signs of being really good this year playing kind of, I don't want to say spot minutes, but, but not playing, you know, 30 minutes a game, you bring back a one and you bring back a five and you can kind of put guys around that. And, mm-hmm. and David Bluters is good at, or excuse me, <clears throat> David Bluters is good of a score as there is in that league. And Carson Shive really, really improved, but you can kind of fit guys around a one and a five, I think. And Jared Galpin will do a really good job of that. Um, he's a good coach. So I think it was important for them to have this type of season, um, you know, where they just experienced that, that high level success. I mean, they were right there, Rob, as far as being, you know, one of the best teams in three, I got as high, I think got ranked as high as third or fourth and just had an incredible year. So again, similar to West branch, really, really good year, frustrating ending a little bit, but I think in both those situations, I, I feel like talking to Jason Kern, you know, from West branch and being at that game that, that he was already like this a little bit on Saturday night, but in both of these, tip your hat to the opponent a little bit. I, I know that's hard to do as a fan sometimes, but from having you know been at one of these games in person and watched the stream a little bit of both of them, I was really impressed by both of those teams. I, I mean, I really was. Like, you know, you got to tip your hat to Monticello and Beckman a little bit, um, who both – Beckman made plays late, and Monticello kind of executed their game plan really well. So last thing about about that one in 3A, there's, there's a couple more um, – Substate finals tonight, Wednesday night. Um, or, or excuse me, yeah, no. What's today? Tuesday. Tuesday. That's kind of embarrassing, Rob. But it really shows where my life is I at. Mean, you're we're on Tuesday, and you already messed up. Two days but, into the I, week, and you don't even know what day. I'm not joking around, though. I told Jeff last week at wrestling. My four-year-old sings a song at school. It's the days of the week song. It's like to the Adams Family theme. <laughs> days of the week. Days of the week. And when she wakes up in the morning, I make her sing the Days of the Week song so that I have some sort of idea what day it is. And that's not, that's not a joke. She thinks that we're just doing it to get ready for school. And I'm like, Kaylee, sing me the Days of the Week song. And then she tells me what day it is. And she's four. Because I don't, I don't know. Like, luckily, my wife's here to explain, like, what day we do what things on. She's like, it's Sunday. It's time to go to church. <laughs> awesome. Because I have, is it Wednesday? I don't know. Um, Rob, we've had some every night. Every day seems the same now. But no, um, there's there's a couple more substate finals tonight. Mount, or Mount Vernon and Assumption tonight is is one that um, I, 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 Rob and I have four a game tonight, like he said. But there's some games that are, that are of interest. But one last note: we won't know the three a bracket until tomorrow, tonight, whatever. If you if you're an area fan, if you're if you're interested in watching the boys state tournament or going or anything. I'm intrigued by Monticello, Rob, depending on what type of a draw they get after watching just that stream of them last night. Like I said, they've got enough. They've got a couple guys that I think are real dudes in the way they play. Um, it'll be interesting to see the draw they get because I think they can, I think they can hang with those teams. I really do. And, and you look at who Solon beat this year, um, you know, the Mount Vernons, the, the Marions, that make some really good 3A teams. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what – what Monticello can do at state. Um, again, 
would have loved to see Solon win that game and, and see Jared Galpin get back to the state tournament with those guys because those guys have made so much improvement. But kudos to Coach Lambert and Monticello. And that'll be next week down in Des Moines. Um, so, Ryan, the last boys team alive in the Seven Nation area, the Liberty Boys. And we all called that at the beginning of the year that Liberty would, you know, be in the be in the sub-state final with a chance to go to state. It's been. I mean, I'm just smiling talking to Coach Kelly and Coach Orban last week. I, Coach Ordman, you know, obviously has done this for such a long time and, and always enjoy talking to, talking to Stu, but I, he had a great quote. You know, somebody asked him what it, what it meant. I, for my money, I think that was the biggest win in program history for them last Friday. They're play, and I, I kind of wrote this in my preview. That's up right now. If, you're, if you end up listening to this today before 7 p.m., check out the Substate capsule that we do. I really like those. I think it's a good way to learn, uh, not just from, for readers, but for me. It's kind of my – you know, my pregame research a little bit, but gives you some info on Pleasant Valley, what, what both teams have done to get there, et cetera. But um, somebody, I, for my money, I wrote in there, I think that was the biggest win. Davenport North is a really good team. They're a state tournament team from last year. Um, and, and just the way they played, it gets them to the sub-state final for a first time, which if you're going to go to state, you got to get to a sub-state final. But also, I mean, it clinches the first winning season for Liberty. You know, they went into that six and five. So, I mean, you lose that, you finish six and six, you're 500. Now they're you know, guaranteed a winning season, which again, they're seven and five, Rob. It's been a weird year for everybody, but you don't, when you're in the fifth, fourth year of a program, just like a division one coach that takes over a program or whatever, like you don't, you don't apologize for those things. You don't turn your nose up at those things. I mean, they had a winning season in, in the, in the MVC. And when you look at who they played, I mean, they played Cedar Falls because you didn't get the full season of playing everybody. They had games canceled, et cetera. But, they played West High, who we talked about this multiple times. I don't, I don't care what their record is. Um, that's a good team. They played Kennedy, who's one of the better teams. They're in a sub-state final tonight. They played Hempstead, who's one of the better teams. They, they were upset, but no one's going to tell you that, that Hempstead team is not one of the better teams, maybe in, four, in all of 4A. They played Cedar Falls, who is one of the better teams. I mean, they played a, they played a tough schedule. They're 7-5. and five. They're playing a game to go to state. But talking to Coach Orman last week, somebody asked him what that, what that win meant. And I thought it was a great answer. He's like, it means we get to keep playing. You know, I mean, like we're, we've only played 12 games at that point. We get more days of practice. We get to play another game. You get the opportunity to just for these kids to keep playing basketball. They were so excited last week. Um, that, was one of the, that was one of the most fun games I've covered all year, just seeing how excited those kids were to have an opportunity to play a game to go to state. And, and good for them because what a weird year, Rob. They start out 5-0. and They're – they're ranked in the top five. They lose to Cedar Falls, which, as we talked about, I think at that time, you know, I think right now, if you want me to handicap it, Cedar Falls and Waukee play for the 4A championship. I think that's what everybody thinks. Cedar Falls is that good. They lose to Cedar Falls. They get shut down for a while. They come back. I think they maybe play a game, get shut down again. They lose five straight to end the regular season. All of a sudden, they're five and five. And like I said, you lose to West. You lose to Cedar Rapids, Washington, who had a good team this year. Uh, you know, they're, they're a you know, team over 500. You lose to Kennedy. You lose to Hempstead. You lose to these good teams. And you come back. They beat Keokuk to end the regular season get something going. And then they were down in that North game, um, you know, for 36-28 with two minutes left in the third quarter. Come back, get it to four, go on a run, 
it was that was a really good game too. I've had so many games lately. I kind of forgot how good that game was, but Liberty made plays late to put that game away. Um, frustrated North a little bit with a with a combination of zones, um, and then played some man to man late that that I that they were really efficient in. I thought and Kelby T Lander again. I talked about guys playing maybe their best games. He was just. North just had no answer for him. He was He's just a load when he gets going downhill to the hoop. He had 19 and 9. I thought he was really, really good. Grayson Tyler maybe played the best game I've ever seen him play. He had 16, 4 of 4 from the field, hit a couple threes. He was great. Ethan O'Donnell was really good. Um, Rob, I, I'm excited for this one tonight. Um, Rob and I talked yesterday on the way to Des Moines. If, if, you, if you're studying this game tonight, the first thing that stands out to you is, Pleasant Valley beat Bettendorf 21 to 19, Rob. Is that right? Yeah, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not a fan of that. In the, semi, better, in the semifinals? A, I may cause a commotion tonight if that's going on. And it was 21 19 in the semifinals. And I know I'm not the first person to say this, but when you know the history of Pleasant Valley and Bettendorf, the first thing is I think somebody texted us to me. They were like, what did Bettendorf miss a couple PATs? And that went to those two have played. You know, they've been big time football rivals and big time football schools, but. Pleasant Valley is, like I mentioned before, they're really, really good defensively. I don't know in that game, you know, if it was poor shooting or if, you know, there was some holding the ball. I don't, I don't know. And I, I haven't researched it because I've been too busy. But um, they're giving up 33.5 points a game and best in 4A. And a lot of that is just, you know, they're going to work the ball to get a good shot. Um, but they're all, they really, really guard you. And anybody that watched them play West last year at Liberty, you know, in that regional final or sub-state final could see that. I mean, they're very good defensively. So, Rob, Liberty's averaging over 60 a game. Um, you know, they're not like – they're not playing at like a breakneck pace, but but they like to get out and move. And part of that is they're just good offensively. Um, they have good spacing. They have multiple guys that can do – like guys like Ethan O'Donnell really give them make, – make a good high school team – or make a high school team good offensively when – you have guys like Ethan that are 6'4", that can shoot, that can play inside, that pass the way he does for a big guy. Um, they have some versatility on offense. Ira Hazeltine shoots it as well as anybody um, in the state. So they've got weapons offensively. This It's going to be kind of one of those who can control tempo games a little bit uh, and then who can hit shots because regardless of how good you are defensively, Liberty's good enough offensively they're going to get shots. Um, but it's kind of like the Monticello thing is, when they, when they wear on you and wear on you and wear on you defensively and then you get an open look, um, you know, you got to hit those. So I'm excited for this one. I think it's going to be a really good game, Rob. I think it's absolutely a game that Liberty will be in. Uh, Pleasant Valley is very good. They're 18-3. and three. They're ranked fifth in the AP. They're very, very good. Um, but I think this is a game that Liberty can be in. Uh, they need to maybe get some easy baskets in transition, you know, off turnover, something like that, just because Pleasant Valley does make it so hard to score that it can get frustrating. Because um, they are they are that good defensively. Um, they've got some size. Not you know they don't have a six nine guy, but they've got some height in the post. They've got some length, uh, and they've got some good. They have some good guard play too. They're going to pressure the ball and do all those things. So it'll be an interesting game to watch, Rob. I'm excited, and it's just it's exciting for Liberty to be in this spot, right? I mean, like I said, you want to make it to the state tournament, you got to get to a sub state final. They hadn't been able to do that. They're they're in it, and in, in you know we talked about this when we kind of gave our reactions to the, to the pairings, you know, you're not with Cedar Falls, you're not with Waukee, um, you know, and, and you, 
you kind of roll the dice with everybody else. I think um, it's probably, I think it's good for them. They don't have an MVC team. Um, you know, they have a team that's there. These teams are both going to be seeing each other for the first time. So I'm excited. I think Liberty can cause them some problems with some of the things they do offensively. And I'm sure you know, coach Jordan and coach Kelly will have some, some, some wrinkles in the game plan today um, with Liberty. And that's another thing, you know, before that North game, they finally had a week to practice, you know, and then they play on Friday and they get, you know, presumably Saturday, Sunday, Monday to practice again, because when they came back and started playing Rob, they played like five games in like nine days. So they didn't really have a chance to practice. They couldn't practice and they were shut down. So I think that's why you're seeing them play the best, kind of be the best version of themselves here over the last week is it's been kind of a normal season for them. You know, you have four days to practice before a game, just like you normally would in a Tuesday, Friday, normal season setting, you know, playing on Tuesdays and Fridays. So I think this has a chance to be just like almost all of our postseason uh, sub-state finals or regional finals on the girls' side. I think this has a chance to be another really, really good game, Rob. Yep. And mistakes will be magnified in a game like this. So that's a great way to put it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Because, I, I mean, even if, even if Liberty plays this more at the tempo that they want to play it at, or, or in the, I mean, Liberty probably wants to play this thing in the 50s. Pleasant Valley probably wants to play this thing in the 40s. I mean, I, again, from my standpoint of what I've been able to, to gather about these teams, I really don't think Pleasant Valley is like, hey, you know, let's hold the ball. Let's try to play this thing in the, in, you know, let's try to win this thing 34 to 25. Like, I don't think that's what they want to do. I think they probably want to play it in the 40s, right? They, look, they don't want to run up and down the court with you. I, they don't want to try to w- beat you 65 to 60. But I, it, but I don't think from seeing Liberty this year, I don't think Liberty wants to try to outscore you, you know, 75 to 70, but they definitely want to, you know, want to, want to have a little bit, let their athletes, they have good athletes, you know, get this game out of the half court more, Rob. Um, but that Rob's right. I mean, I don't, I expect this to be, you know, possession game in the fourth quarter, couple possession game in the fourth quarter. So yeah, that's a good, I mean, that's a good analysis, you know, mistakes. You're going to have limited, limited possessions. Um, you know, and, and I mentioned that with uh, the West Branch game, even you know, West Branch shot at 30, had 36 field goal attempts in that game. And, and this is a good comparison, I think. It was 44 44 at the end of regulation. And so, you know, we'll assume no overtime tonight. Even with overtime, West Branch took 36 field goals and had 36 field goal attempts, and Beckman had 34. So you're talking about, you know, you, if you're going to get in the area of 30 to 35 field goal attempts in a game, you know, a couple bad shots or a couple empty possessions here can really make a difference when, when if both teams are going to have some longer offensive possessions, Rob. So, yeah. you know, turnovers, you know, and, and then just good shot selection, which is something that kind of goes overlooked a little bit that I think Liberty does a good job of or, or really did a good job of against North. But, but getting makeable shots, having the right guys in the right positions to take shots that they can hit. Um, and then, like I said, when you get those opportunities to score, taking advantage of them. So – Again, an interesting matchup, but one that I think is a, a, another even matchup, I think, on paper. I, re- I said that at the beginning. I think you look at this, and if you're going to look at point spreads for all these, they're all kind of a coin flip to a couple points, right? So exciting to have games like this in the postseason. You know who I hope we don't hear from after tonight's game? Who's that? Iowa needs a shot clock guy. Oh, uh, you hear that's, that what, that's, what came, that's what came out the, after the Bettendorf right. Pleasant Valley. And then social media's shock is the bad signal for shot clock guy. Right. So, I, I mean, what time is it? 
how long have we been doing this? How we when let's let's on the air right now. Let's schedule when we're gonna have our our sh- whether or not we need a shot clock podcast. <laughs> oh, then there's the people. Oh, you know what that's gonna cost? <laughs> <laughs> Who's gonna run it? Hey, we haven't that- had this discussion fifteen thousand times. Let's have it again. Right. Who's gonna <laughs> Who's going to run it? Oh, man. Can we find somebody to hit a button? <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the girls' side. Um, you and I were uh, made the trip to Des Moines yesterday. Uh, nice weather, thankfully. Um, really good game. Just back and forth. I, I don't you, – you keep the stats. So, it didn't seem like either uh, Waterloo West or Iowa City West had, uh, you know, Big leads at any time. I, I don't think anybody got up by double figures. I feel safe in saying no. that. But, uh, yeah, it came down to, a, a you know, which of the Wests were, you know, was going to make the plays at the end of the game. And uh, Iowa City West was the West that made the plays. And if I would have told you before the game that Audrey Cook would have two points and West would advance, you would have said? No way. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, said, yeah. I'll just I'll say this. I, I was talking to the West coaches when I went over there to do pre or to do pregame interviews, and it's like you know she Audrey averages twenty and is one of the best players in the state. I mean she's so consistent. We've talked about her on here a lot. It's so good, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get on here and talk about you know how she she struggled yesterday shooting and getting into a flow, and she had two early fouls, and it certainly wasn't her best game. You know she still let him assist. She took five shots, yeah, five field goals. I didn't, I didn't think she shot very much either. But it, that's the thing that I think is so impressive about this, and we've talked about this before. And it, it's the reason it works is because it's not one of those things where you rely so heavily on one kid for a whole game, a whole season, or a whole career, and then you get in a tough spot where that kid doesn't have the best game or is in foul trouble, or you know, it, let's say. N- knock on, but I mean, you know, is, is out for some other reason, or you don't have that player, or just in this case, struggles. And then you look at these other kids in the huddle that you have, that, that don't have a ton of confidence, that have looked to this kid all year, and then you look at them and you're like, hey, you guys are going to need to step up. The reason this works for West High, the reason they're able to do this, is because for three years, B.J. Mayer and, and that coaching staff has been looking at those other kids, telling them, shoot it when you're open. Have confidence in yourself. Like, Audrey doesn't have to score all the points. Or before that, it wasn't Audrey. It was when Audrey and Mateo were freshmen and, and West won it in 2018 when it was, you know, Emma Cook and, and Lauren Zacharias and Logan Cook and, and Michaela Morgan. And, or I guess that was probably Kaylin Morgan. Sorry, Morgan family. But Kaylin Morgan and whoever else was on that team, everybody. You know, I mean, when, when Audrey and Mateo Tellis came into that game as freshmen, they were being told then, shoot it when you're open you know, have confidence in yourself. Like you don't have to just wait for these older kids to make the plays. Like we believe in you. And that's really what they do is, and you saw it yesterday, Rob, Lucy Wolf is a freshman. She comes in, she's not hesitating. She's taking shots and she had a couple big free throws. And Malia Lacey comes in and she's taking shots and she had a, she had a basket. And these are freshmen that are, they're not only afraid to not put them in there, those kids go in and they're playing like they're playing, you know, Cedar Rapids Xavier in the second game of the year at West High. They're not playing like they're at Wells Fargo Arena with a couple thousand people there in a game 
against the number three team in the state. They're just playing with this confidence and this belief. And, you know, I asked BJ, they're six and one now in quarterfinals. When West makes it to the state tournament, they haven't, they haven't been to the state tournament 10 years in a row or anything like that. They hadn't been there since, since 2018, but when they make it there, they, I mean, it's almost clockwork. They're in the semifinals. I, I looked that up before when I was doing my previews. So they were runner up in 2011. They won it in 2012. They lost in the first round in 2013. They go to the semis in 15, go to the semis in 17, win the championship in 18. And now they're back in the semifinals in, in 2021. When they make it, so they're six and one all time, you know, in quarterfinals. And when they go there, they play well. They max out. They're always playing well at the end of the year. And I just asked BJ, the mayor, after the game yesterday, I said, how do you guys play so well down here? And he's just like, our kids believe. And, and I think you saw that yesterday. Again, Audrey Cook doesn't have her best game, but you're not asking Amina Tate or Emma, Emma Ingersoll Wang or a Matea Tellis or an Anna Prouty to, you're not looking at them being like, well, hey, now you got to do something that we've never asked you to do before. They're ju- you're just, you know, and BJ says this all the time. I've written about it. Their saying is, if it's your night, have your night. And if it's not your night, find a way to help us win. And I've talked about that on the pod before, but, you know, most nights out of, they're what, 14-3 now? So of those 17 games, probably 15 of those games, 16 of those games are out. It was Audrey Cook's night. It was certainly her night, you know, in that regional final. She was incredible. And because that's, it's because she's that good. And Mina Tate had a, had a quote after the game. She's like, yeah. You know, Audrey didn't have her best game. And she's like, which is weird because she's incredible. She's like, she's always really good. But she didn't. But none of the – you're not asking those kids to, to do something that you haven't asked them to do before. Like, you, they, you've spent the entire season building trust in those kids and, and those kids building confidence and building belief and telling them to shoot and telling them to be ready to, to make plays or be ready to have their night. And then when you need them, in a game like that, Mina Tate, sophomore – First state tournament game, nine for 11, 21 points, four rebounds. And Ingersoll Wang, you know, first state tournament game, 17 points, three rebounds, two assists, one turnover. Matea Tellis has 12 points, four rebounds. You know, Anna Prouty was incredible. She's a sophomore, first state tournament game. She has 19 points, six rebounds, played really good defense. Um, Emma Ingersoll Wang, and they, so Waterloo West got up. I, I kind of thought they had. Not put it away, but they were up eight with 21 seconds left in the third quarter. That was the biggest lead for either team. And then they were up six again um, with six, with seven minutes left. And Anna Prouty hit a three on the next possession that I just thought was massive. I don't know how many threes she has this year, Rob, but not very many. Um, but hit a three from right in front of me in the wing, on the wing with 6.44 left, and that started a 7-0 West run. It was just, like Rob said, great game back down the stretch. Um, West possession down – West possession up one with about a minute left. Waterloo West gets a steal and layup with a minute, minute four left to go up by one. And I, I, you just – it's one of those your stomach drops moments, right? You're like, West has been right there. You go from they're maybe going to have to foul or what are they going to do? Steal, layup, up by, down by one. And West comes back down. And, again, just like I'm talking about, Emma Ingersoll Wang – three from the wing and just shot it with such confidence, right? Didn't, didn't say, hey, we have one player that's, you know, carried us all year. We got to get the ball to her. Just kids having confidence. Huge shot from Emma, puts West up two, and then Matea Tellis had a steal and layup, and they, um, 
kind of survived at the end. West hit three three. Waterloo West hit three three throws and, and had a chance to tie it, but you know, missed a pull up jumper. But just, to, I mean, Rob, you can add to this, I guess. Just an incredible high school basketball game because when you're talking about all the elements, I mean, Waterloo West has some stuff. I mean, Sahara Williams and Haley Polk are, I mean, they're power five players. I mean, Sahara Williams, they're both sophomores. Sahara Williams is a stud, and, and Haley Polk is really good. Sahara Williams had 18. Polk had 22. Um, Brooklyn Smith is a 6'3 center. She had seven. Gabby Moore was really good for Waterloo West. She had 13 points, five assists. I mean, they, Rob, they, they looked the part. I mean, they have some just – that was high-level basketball yesterday the whole time. I mean, there are some, what, five, six Division One players out there? I don't know. I mean. There are some it was it was high level stuff and they were just going at it and it was really fun. It, I mean it had everything. It was back and forth. It was really really good players making really really good plays. I mean some of the shots that that Waterloo West hit, some of the plays they made, um, in West stuck with them, man. I mean it was just the the last six minutes of that was just really entertaining, really good stuff. Yeah, and uh, I won't take a bunch of time, but we talked about it on the way to the car. Uh, Iowa City West zone, West. What are the West inability to be consistently effective against that? Really, was a difference in the game for me. Just yeah, didn't attack the zone the way it, it should have, and turned the ball over too much. That's a great point, Rob. They they play Mateo Tellis in that is kind of a they they were playing a one three one with Audrey Cook on the top. Yeah, that length on the top is big. Yes. Yep. They make. They make you throw over her so many times and you kind of get into that lob pass a little bit. And then what Wes does such a good job of um, with that zone is on the backside of it, Mateo Tellis is so quick and they kind of bait you in to try to make that cross court pass from one wing to the other. And I, I mean, I don't know, Rob, how many times Waterloo West tried it probably mm-hmm. double digit times. And I bet, I mean, they have on here on, on the official stats, Mateo for five steals. And I didn't even note that in my game story. I kind of missed that one. But I bet they tried that 10 times, and it probably resulted in them getting an open look one or two. I'm just, throw, I'm just guessing here if I watch the film. But of those 10 times, she stole it five, and almost all five of those steals led to runouts, Yeah, including that huge one that she had with 22 seconds left that put them up. I mean, it's West, Waterloo West ball. They have a chance to tie or take the lead, and she gets that steal off that exact play. Um, and she just she's so quick on the backside of that that you know that that passing lane looks like it's there, but you got to throw it over some length at the top, um, and and that you know you kind of you kind of loft that it's like you kind of make that that throw like I tell my my eight U baseball kids not to make where you kind of loop it over there, yep. and she's just so quick on the backside. But that's a great point by Rob. They really mixed up those defenses and and Wiley West struggled against that zone and and it was. You know, they shot it really well, Rob, early, Wilder mm-hmm. West did. Um, they were two for six from three in the first quarter. They had four, four threes at halftime, and you're kind of like, you know, do you – because they were getting open looks out of that. But, you know, they, they turned it over 17 times, and a lot of those 17 turnovers, you know, when, when Iowa City West has nine steals, a lot of those turnovers led to, led to transition baskets. So just a really good game. And as it, crazy as it, as it seems because of how talented Waterloo West was, and I was really impressed by them, the level of difficulty probably goes up a little bit more even on Thursday afternoon um, against Johnston, who's, who's really good as well. So 
be another major challenge for West High. Um, they play Thursday at noon against Johnson, who's second, ranked second. They're 17 and one, um, and they're a load. I mean, they're really good. So, be a big time challenge for West. We'll have more on the on the side about that game later in the week, and in a little bit looking back at that other game as we kind of preview that Johnson game. But really fun. I mean, that's one where you know you you get your money's worth. That was that was good. I mean, that was fun. Yeah, the look. Uh... I got the one photo that you used with the story. The look on Audrey Cook's face. Um, she didn't care that she scored two points. She was just overwhelmed that they won that game. You know, and right. I, you can tell and – we, and, and we don't have to go down this road too much, but people don't – you know, we've talked about it on the podcast, Ryan, going through a pandemic, they were shut down at times, really right. tough season. You know, you put all you have into it, all that work, to be able to go down there and even win one game down. It's just, Absolutely. it's a lifetime of memory. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I talked to both her and Matea Tellis, you know, after the North game and then, and then um, the other day too, when I went over there to do some interviews and it's easy as a high school kid, when you make it as a freshman and they were both role players on that team, yeah. but they played, I mean, they played in those games and you make it as a freshman and you win it. It's, it's really easy. And I've talked to other kids about this a ton to be like, Hey, we'll just, you know, we'll be back. We'll be. We'll do this every year. I mean, we'll win. We'll win another one, or we'll be back every year. And then yep. you don't make it a couple of years, and you realize how tough it is to do that. And so, I think that was part of it. But I didn't. You know, I didn't ask BJ Mayer anything about this or any of the kids, obviously. But I thought this when, as they won that game, I thought this. I'm like, you know, just from watching Audrey Cook for the last three years and and, and knowing her a little bit, I wouldn't bet you five dollars Robert, on her not having 30 points I mean for her to have a game like that it's like I would not bet on her being spectacular on Thursday afternoon because it's like you can just kind of, I mean you know what I mean like you get yeah. that feeling about certain players where it's like you see a kid not have a great game and it's like I would not I mean I, I almost expect her to just be spectacular on Thursday, on Thursday, I mean, it'll be a little bit more is. of an element of unknown for Johnston, whereas Tony Pappas has been coaching against well, her for years and probably came out and said, "Hey, we can't let her beat us." And, and and really, I mean, if you want to get deep into it, and I think she—I don't know how she played up there. Um, I don't think she had a great game against them the first time, but they have a lot of the type of player that can defend. I mean, they're yeah. um, with with Gabby Moore and Sierra Moore and Sahara Williams. They have a lot of those bigger guards, forward type athletes. I mean, that's really she's the type of player compared to like um, compared to like a Matea Tellis or Emma Ingersoll Wang or even like a Mina Tate. They have less players that are they're gonna um, be really adapt to guarding like a, a quick athletic player that, that whose strength is like really going to the rim. And Audrey can really do that, obviously, but she causes people so many problems with her versatility, her size, uh, speed, strength, athleticism combo. And they actually have a lot of those girls, Rob. I mean, that's kind of the way their roster is constructed. So yeah. that might have been part of it, too. And like you said, I mean, a really good coach that has seen her for four years now yep. um, and was clearly the focal point of what they were trying to do, right? I mean, they, they were well aware of where she was at on the court at all times. Yep. Uh, and they played some zone, too. And I'm sure that was an element of you know, not letting her beat people off the dribble to the basket. And they were – I'm assuming that their part of their thing was, hey – here's where the holes are going to be. We're going to give up, you know, some of these wings on the three-pointer. And if these kids hit them, they hit them. And they, they hit them. I mean, Emma, Emma Ingersoll-Wang had five, I think. I mean, she was – maybe – I know she's had more points 
but maybe the best game I've ever seen her play. I mean, I thought she was great. Like I said, the big thing for her, two assists, one turnover, you know, and that's, that's a big thing as much as she handles the ball. I mean, she handles the ball as much as Matea Tellis does in a lot of these situations. So she was excellent. Yep. And we will, uh, we'll be back down there tomorrow, Ryan, Wednesday, uh, March the 3rd, noon, high noon, uh, for the West Branch girls. Um, we were out at uh, Williamsburg last week for uh, – <laughs> I've seen West Branch a few times. You've seen them more than I have this year. You know, Regina came out in that game last week, and I was like, you know, man, this, this looks like it could be a game. Yeah. And they threw every punch they could throw at West Branch, and West Branch didn't flinch and then just kind of ran away in that game. And uh, we talked about it yesterday on the car ride over and back that uh, this looks like a team that could win it all. And uh, I'll be interested to see what they look like tomorrow. You know, when it gets on that first game under your belt, right. it's important. Right. And that's – I think the more I look at it, and, I'm, you know, I'll have all my 2A preview stuff up today, that, that's a really good 2A field. Um, there's four under – three undefeated teams. Hold on. I'm going to make sure I get this right. I have it right here. Uh, Maquoketa Valley is 23-0. Nottoway Valley is 23-0. Dykey Hartford is 23-0. So three undefeated teams. West Branch, West Branch played? West Branch is 20 and 1. Okay, so, so they have played. Yep, so you have, I mean, North Lynn, if you follow you know, basketball on this, North Lynn's really good. They're 21 and 2. Uh, so, I mean, this, this is a really good field. I think a really even, pretty even field. I think there's multiple, I, I think there's multiple teams that could, that could win this thing. Uh, I really do. Um, but I, I've said this all year, and, and you know, it helps put it in people's brains, I guess, when, when West Branch starts the season ranked number one. Um, but I think they're a, when you look at the roster that they have and when you look at – I mean, if you said, what do you need um, to win a state championship? It's like, I mean, I, you know, you need to be well coached. And like I talked about with the boys, you need to have a system uh, usually, you know, and, and kids to know that. They've got all that. They've got experience. They have four senior guards. They have, they have a, a real presence in the paint, you know, somebody that can – kind of erase some mistakes defensively with Delaney Linescus. She's a threat offensively. Um, she has size, length. She's six foot two. Uh, and, then, and then they have a real elite player at that level in Sasha Koenig that can create offense. Um, you know, the, you need a bucket. You can go to her. They've got shooters. They've got offensive balance. They're really good defensively. It's, it's like – and then what I really think, Rob, that we haven't talked about a ton this year – you don't want to jinx it and talk about state early on. I've said throughout the year, I think they're a state championship caliber team. What I think really helps them is they were there last year. Yeah. Um, you know, they played this game, this, this quarterfinal game. And I mean, truthfully, you know, Sage went and, and finished runner up last year and that Osage team was really good. Um, I mean, I, I covered that. They, they jump on them eight zero or something like that. I mean, they probably, I, I'm not going to say should have, they definitely could have won that game. Uh, they could have been a semifinalist last year. But I think that experience really helps them. You play in the arena. It's not all new. You kind of learn. I talked before about just the lead up to state is one of the coolest things. I mean, you, you get all that stuff, especially in a small town. Everybody's talking about it. You know what I mean? Like you get, you get the parade out of town, like all that stuff. You get the pep rally. Like it's all the stuff that makes high school sports awesome. And a lot, I know how West Branch is as a community. I'm sure they've done it upright for those kids this week. You have all that stuff, but when you do it for the first time, it's like then, then you have to get there and play the game. And it's kind of like, oh, man, you know, like it's just another basketball game, et cetera, et cetera. But 
they've had all that now. They, they had that last year. They've been through that. And like you said, I mean, you saw that in the regional final a little bit. It looked like a team that's been here and done that. Because, man, that first quarter, Rob, Regina was hitting shots. It was back and forth. And you're like, this is going to be a lot like the second time they played in West Branch where it was, you know, four, five points with 10 minutes left. And then West Branch just kind of calmly hit a bunch of shots and locked down defensively. And just, again, I just thought it was a workman-like. They looked like a team. Rob said it well. They took all those punches, and then they were just like, okay, like, we know how to do this. We've been here. We're moving on. Um, so I think that's the big thing. You know, Grundy Center I know is good. They've had success at the state tournament. A lot of the, it's, it's a lot of different kids now. Um, but they had some really nice success in the la- within the last uh, three, four years. They were runner-up in 18 and 19. Um, and those teams were really good. You know, it's a lot of, it's obviously different kids, but, um, they've had, they're a team that's had success. They have some versatile kids, like forward, bigger guard slash forward kids that can do a lot of different things. A couple of those kids that look really good from what I've seen. So again, you're not going to face a bad team in Des Moines. That, that's what I was just going to say, especially in these four, five, three, six games, um, there was a 3-6 game in, in 3A today. Unity got rolling story pretty good. But for the most part, these games, these teams are really good. I mean, when you go – and you can watch the streams um, of, of the state tournament overall. And you turn these games on, and there's just a lot of, you know, a lot of good games, a lot of – a lot of because there's so many good teams there. Um, so I expect it to be good, but I think it sets up pretty well for West Branch. Um, like I said, I've been – Who's that, who will be next if, if they beat Grundy? They would get the, the winner of Dyke, New Hartford, and Trainer. Okay. And Dyke is really impressive on paper. They play really good defense. I don't know that much about Trainer. They're another team that's had success down there. Uh, they won it in 19, semifinalist in 18, runner-up in 17. So, again, different kids. I understand that. But I do look at that stuff. It's one of those things where you have programs that, that you know when they get to state and they have a good record when they've won it or in the past or had success in the past, you're usually like, okay, when this team's good, when this team comes out of this area of the state or this team comes out of this conference and is good, they're probably like, you know, state semifinal or state championship caliber team. And again, I don't know anything about Nodaway Valley. You know, they play Northland in that four, four five game. Mac Valley is very good. They play good defense. Um, they get a rock Valley team that hasn't been to state since, uh, Deb Reverdy was winning them state champions and state championships in the early uh, 2000s. But they're, this, I, this might be the bracket that I'm most excited to see how it pays, plays out, truthfully. Um, you know, in 1A, you kind of expect an Algona to Garrigan, uh, New Alfonda rematch. In 4A, I think most people would expect Ballard, Glenwood. You know, 3A, we're already through the quarterfinals, and it's been pretty much what you would expect. All the higher seeds have won. 5A, you know, West High had an upset, but and I guess Anki Centennial over Southeast Polk is, a, is an upset, but it was a really good game. 2A is the one where I could see some, you know, no, you some know shaking. It's, it's, I don't know. I'm excited. Smaller classes. What's interesting is, and we see this in football too, these teams win convincingly a lot during the regular season. Right. And now they're in a, they're a dog fight. Now they're in right. with a team that's pretty right. much equal with them down in Des Moines. How do right. they respond to that? Absolutely. And, and there's, we've talked about this a bunch through the playoffs because we've had several of these. Yeah. And, and yesterday, the Solon Monticello one was, you know, Monticello plays all two-way teams. Right. You know, and, and it's just, and I'm not saying there's one of these. I don't think any of these, you know, two-way girls teams have played a bunch of, like, there's not like an assumption situation where assumption comes into the state tournament eight and 11 because they've played all five-way teams. I'm just saying 
there's such a there can be such a difference in level of how good is somebody's conference this year? Right. Do you, do, do, does one of these teams play six, seven, eight games against teams that are also at the state tournament? I haven't looked through all that yet. I've done it for some of these teams. I know North Lynn, you know, has lost to Mac Valley. They have a couple good wins as well. Um, Rock Valley, just based on where they're at, I'm sure they've played good competition. They always do. Yeah. That's usually some bigger schools. But like you said, Rob, a lot of it's blowouts, 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 blowouts. You have maybe one or two close games, and then you get down here, and you're probably going to play three close games. Definitely, if, if you're playing three games, you're going to play two close games. Um, so, yeah, the last – those one, two possession games, how do you kind of handle that? You know, and then what it, – it's hard to say when you have teams from all across the state. In this – you know, you look at this one, you've got Grundy Center, Trainer, Dyke, Northland, Nottoway Valley, Rock Valley. You have every area of the state. Kind Spread of, maybe out, not, yeah. yeah, maybe not like far, far southeast Iowa, but for the most part, you've got the whole, the whole state covered here. And so that's a lot of different conferences, et cetera, a lot of different regions, a lot of different competition, not a lot of comparable scores. And I'm ex- I think this is a really – I mean, you have three undefeated teams. Like, you can't get to 23-0 and not be really good. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like, like honestly, I mean, you look at how good West Branch is, and they lost a game. Yep. I think, they're, I think they're absolutely a state title contender, and they have a loss, you know, and how good North Lynn is. They have a couple losses. So, I'm excited to see, you know, that – I'm really interested in that uh, Nottoway Valley-North Lynn game just to kind of get an idea of where those teams are at. That one's tonight at 9. The two A's also split. I'm sure if you're a West Branch fan, you've realized this. Um, West Branch had the 9 o'clock game last year, but that's one of the brackets that's split. So the first two quarters are tonight at 7 and 9, and then the next two quarters are tomorrow at 10 and noon. Um, in West Branch, I think both the previous times that uh, West Branch people, you could correct me, but in 2006 when they made it, I covered them, and they played Unity Christian in a two-way quarter, and I think that was like the 9 o'clock game too. So I think they've had – you know, been on the top side of that bracket and played the nine o'clock game in back-to-back trips to state. So they get the noon tip tomorrow, Rob. I love the noon tip. I love, I mean, we, we cover so many seven o'clock games. Who doesn't want to watch basketball at noon, right? You get, you eat some breakfast, drive to Des Moines. Noon tips are, are awesome. I'm all That's for my, it. As I get old and my eyes aren't as good at night, I'm all for daytime. Daytime yeah. driving. Sign me up. Rob and I, Cruise to Des Moines and back yesterday, no issues. So we'll, we'll do, do the it same tomorrow. tomorrow. Too. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, read about the Solon Boys tough game last night. Um, preview Liberty Boys for tonight, and we'll have coverage of that um, on the site after the game. Uh, West High Girls from yesterday, that's on there. Ryan will have previews. They play again on Thursday, so we'll have coverage of that. West Branch Girls tomorrow. If they win, they'll play again on Friday. Busy week at yourprepsports.com. Hop on for all the coverage, previews, then game stories, features, photos. If you're looking to support the site, yeah. please purchase photos. We have, you know, we're, we're making the trip down to Des Moines. Um, had some shots from that. We have regional shots, um, sub-state shots, all that stuff uh, for sale. And the buy photos tab, if you hit it at the top of your prep sports and, uh, we're going to power through this week, Brian. <laughs> yeah, there's, I mean, great, great point from Rob. The photos, really good stuff. Districts, all or regional, sub-states, whatever. Postseason, yes. how's that? Postseason, um, great stuff from Rob yesterday. Yeah, and just 
you know, check out the website. There's a lot of stuff. We'll have, you know, all conference teams for boys will be coming, start rolling in. So that's always cool to see kids, you know, honored for that stuff. And hopefully we have a boys team at state next week. Um, and then, you know, in the next couple of weeks, and, and we'll be back on the pod, but, you know, we get into our postseason, um, you know, our wrestler of the year, um, basketball players of the year, our teams, and, and that stuff's fun. That's a fun exercise to do. So, uh, and then it's spring sports, Rob. It's starting to feel like spring. Yeah, the snows are melting, and uh, we're getting warmer. And uh, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm hoping, uh, as we talked about, uh, the next several months here um, gets us a little bit closer to the, the previous normal. Um, both, yep. you know, with fans back for high school events, and you know, we're, we're seeing it more. We're seeing more fans kind of get involved again, and it's good to see. And I think we're heading in the right direction, and uh, hopefully that happens when we get into spring sports. And then in the summer again, we'll be that full year of returning, you know, to action with yeah. uh, limited, you know, viewing. And um, I'm feeling optimistic, Ryan. Maybe, maybe sometime, Rob you know, here in between as we're previewing spring sports or whatever, we can kind of talk a little bit about what was going on with the two of us, you know, this time last year. Yeah. yeah I mean, really, I think, you know, I mean, I think that's kind of interesting because I feel, I, I think a lot of people feel good about the direction we're heading in and, and we don't need to relive the whole last year um, <laughs> for everybody's sake. But, but I think it would be kind of interesting just spending, I mean, I know you were at the big 10 tournament. Yeah. Um, around this time last year, I was at the boys' state tournament, and and we can just—I mean, it's—it truly is as as much as the last twelve months, Rob, felt like twelve years. My wife reminded me of that the other day on my on my birthday about just where we were at. Like we went out to eat last year on my birthday, which is—if people follow me on Twitter, I, you know, I'm I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but my birthday is February 29th, so I'm a leap year baby. So last year there was a leap year. Every year that there's there's a February 29th, every year there's a presidential election. And we went out to eat on my birthday. And it was, my wife put it, just like it was normal. We actually waited to get a table. You know what I mean? Like, just like it was normal. Went to the girls' state tournament and then had a normal week. And then the next week at the boys' state tournament, it was like, I just was so anxious I could barely make the drives to Des Moines those days because I just felt like I was going to throw up because I yeah. the uncertainty. So I think it would be fun to kind of talk about that a little bit, Rob, and just like what it was like for you. You guys were in Indianapolis or Chicago. Yeah. So. We will uh, we'll have time to do that in the next several weeks once we get through the rest of this postseason here for the uh, basketball teams. And uh, as we ch said, check out the site for all that. Um, Bettendorf tonight for Ryan and I. Back to Des Moines tomorrow for Ryan and I. And we'll have full <laughs> coverage. And uh, please check it out. And thank you for listening. And we will talk to you next week.